Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Okay, welcome in. Last edition of the week of Three Dudes with a View. Tomorrow morning, this time, this station, inside Middle Tennessee with Jim Ross. And we three dudes will be back with you on Monday. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three, dude number two, Mr. Clayton Harris. How's it going, man? Doing well, Del. Enjoying this very warm Thursday morning. Well, we're getting pretty close to March. Uh, which means from now, from any time to like the first week in April, we could probably either see a hard freeze or an 80-degree day. So. It's going to be one of those 80-degree days today for uh-huh. sure. I remember actually going uh, water skiing in March when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah, that, that was fun. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody out there. Man, you should have been to that game last night. God, dog, it was an overtime game, and the charges prevailed. They still... The number one. That's awesome. all right. Uh, but, they, me, but they got another game Wednesday night. Uh, they make they playing a wake up game Wednesday night. Uh, Five thirty. Uh, the girls' game starting and then seven thirty for the boys' game. But they they played an awesome game last night. That's the Columbia one State. By, Char- one by four points. Columbia State Chargers played Dyersburg State, right? Yes, played Dyersburg. They won by four points. Wow. In it, overtime. Is it a home game this coming Wednesday, Jim? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday will be another, a makeup game at home here. And who are they playing? Uh, Volunteer State, I think. Okay. And and you told us yesterday, I think they're ranked, right? Number one. Yeah, they, they're uh, number one in the region, in their region, in their district, rather. All right. That, that is so that, fantastic. That's, that, yeah, that's fantastic for them. Yeah, Columbia State, fantastic for Southern Middle Tennessee. That's a big time, folks. Yeah. yeah well, we've had several good teams in the last couple of years. Coach Neal does a great job in coaching. He's a little rough on the sideline, but he gets it done. He's he, kind of like a mini Bobby Knight. He played at Georgia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. We need to get you a Columbia State shirt instead of a Grambling shirt, Jams. Well, so, I got one. Well, wear it. You need to wear it proud. <laughs> Put it on next Wednesday. I got one. All right, regular special guest dude, Debbie Matthews. How you doing? Good. Well, I'm good. My grass, I think, grew five inches overnight. Yeah, that's happening. Yep. Buttercups everywhere. Butter, well, I've been corrected online. It's daffodils, not buttercups. Yeah. I've I called think, them buttercups my whole life. I, yeah, I think it's either way. Uh, and bluebirds. I've seen the bluebirds. They're always a great sign of spring. Fun to see them. Uh Okay, folks, it seems like the state's having a uh, meltdown about this third-grade detention uh, <laughs> bill, and it's coming from parents and, and uh, you know, from teachers or whatever. Uh, the, now, now, folks, the, you know, the, the sad secret is that only a third, a third of third graders in Tennessee can perform on grade level and Murray County does know better they're right in there with them and you know that's that's just not good uh, that's not good at all and so people are freaking out 
the 60 percent that that would mean that 60 percent of third graders would have to be held back uh that's not going to happen uh the law's got a whole bundle of exceptions in it yeah uh, a lot of holes in it to say the least yeah and of course i don't you know this is just my perspective though i mean if my third grader was not performing on grade level yeah, I, I, something's got to be done about it before going forward. You know, uh, I, that's just I, the the parents that are saying, "Well, just go on and promote them," uh-uh. are uh, baffle me. But like I told Scott, though, Delk, you got to do it earlier than third grade, in kindergarten, and a good teacher knows within six weeks whether a student is re- is, is able to perform activities. Well, that, and if you don't have intervention at that age, you're losing the game. I I agree 100 percent, Miss yep. York, based on my personal experience with uh, my children and my grandchildren. I actually uh, think Dolly Parton heard this statistic, and in Sevierville did a pilot program that they either cut the first and second and third grade classes into almost fourth of the size and doubled teachers and teachers assistants at that fir- first through third level. And and I think the stats came back astonishing better. It was a pilot program that was done a couple of years ago. So maybe we need to get creative like that. But but you know what's astounding? I saw it in the news the other day. Columbia Academy's got one national finalist in the Merit Scholarship. Mm-hmm. Williamson County's got 78. Did you say Columbia Academy? Yeah, Columbia Academy. Okay, well, how about Murray, Murray County, County Schools? I, I don't know of any in Murray County schools. I'm just saying the county, the county, Columbia Academy had one National Merit Scholar finalist. Williamson County had 78. So we're looking at the micro picture. We need to be looking at the macro picture and educating kids. Something's going very well for Williamson County. Well, there's a lot of things going well for Williamson County. And, I mean, it's not just that they fund schools, but you have the majority of people there, college-educated professionals that value education, and they have a lot of opportunities where moms are staying at home with the kids to make sure education's getting done. So you have a lot of parameters around that, not just the funding of the schools. It's everything. So, so we've got so to get to that. So you're saying people in Murray County doesn't have the education level of parents in Williamson County? I would love for it to be so, but no, they don't. Because uh, they just, I would say that I would say 70 or 80 percent of Williamson County have a postgraduate degree, I would think. Something in that realm. And so the kids grow up in a whole different environment and things. And unfortunately, they get a head start on everybody else. So, you know, I'm going to try to find that article that I read about Dolly Parton and promoting that um Test. Maybe we need to talk to Scott. Maybe we need to do something like that for Murray County, especially after COVID, to say, okay, we got catch up. These kids have got to see what they can do and um, see if we can do something. I, I think COVID just exposed the education systems across the state of Tennessee. It wasn't, COVID was, was permanent and, and had an impact, but it exposed the, the, the weaknesses in the educational systems across the state, not just in Murray County, but across the state. And and I'd go further to say nationally. Yeah, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think that's true. Uh, where 
you know what what did happen though what scott specky's been talking about and and sort of an aha moment for him in the last year or so uh you know the state comptroller has had the basic numbers for years you know they've had you know the literacy rates the grade level rates the you know the whatever the student body population for for every county in the state they've had the aggregate numbers you know and the county by county numbers but for some reason last year they one you know i guess some young bright person over there was digging around in the numbers and that have always been there but had never been looked at in the way that this person looked at them and all of a sudden the it appeared that children who were at least seven years old when they started the first grade substantially outperformed uh students who were not seven years old when they started first grade substantially and that apparently has been historically true it's just nobody's ever looked at the numbers that way to sort seven years old out and see how they compared against their other other first graders and uh apparently it was it was a very big number and uh uh so that's that's something to think about and work with something that's been right there in front of our faces for years but I assume some young person working for the comptroller found it out. Coach Mike Lyle's with us, and he is a retired teacher. What's going on, Mike? Well, I, I just got a couple of questions and maybe an observation. Uh, I I fully agree that the interventions and all the, 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 the stuff like that needs to start as early as possible, kindergarten, stuff like that. Number one, if we do that, what do we do for the kids that are already second, third grade? you know that are struggling right now i haven't heard anything said much about them other than you know retention and extra tutoring and stuff like that secondly uh i agree that we're going to see are we are we as a society willing to wait the two to three years to see the results of these you know of this intervention in kindergarten because that's what it's going to take you know it's going to be two to three years before they historically we haven't been Mm -hmm. you know they want they want change and they want it now and you know, or they won it yesterday, and therefore, they that, and that's and that's where, uh, yeah, that's where the teachers, uh, to, quite frankly, some of the teachers, you know, yeah, we agree with you. Start early, get this thing done early. But that that it's going to be a wave. It's going to be two to three years. High school teachers, it's going to be ten. It's going to be ten to twelve years before we see anything directly resulting from interventions interventions in kindergarten and first grade. Are we willing to wait that long to do that? I don't think we are. Oh, like, well, but, but, Mike, like you said, it's still going to be in the, the experimental stages. Oh, when yeah. it begins, it will be in the experimental stages. And, and the results, I, I agree with you, won't, won't be shown until at least 10 years. You know, my Uncle Bill used to say there's no good time to have a baby or take a vacation. <laughs> I, Just get on with it. Okay, right. yeah. I, I agree I agree that the changes need to be made. Or, you know, Now, what are we going to do in that gap? You know, those kids that fall in that gap in the meantime, where do we, fall? Where do we go with them? You know, and that's where and that's where a lot of your teachers right now are kind of going, All right, I yeah, we agree, start early. But right now you're you know, my job's on the line because of what's happening right now. And I still have those tenth graders, ninth and tenth graders who, you know, can't can't read at a sixth grade level being on my record right now and I you know what are we 
Where's the help there? Well, I say we do whatever we can and look for – I actually think you'll have some sort of upsweep of seeing something that's occurring just, you know, I think. And I, so – what about the log jam but, but though, of students that you could potentially have though? That's when I mm-hmm. first heard about this third grade retention bill. I thought, my goodness, that's over sixty percent of mm-hmm. uh, the kids yeah. in the state of Tennessee. We already had problems with hiring teachers. Sixty percent of third graders, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, sixty percent of third graders across the state of Tennessee. How are we going to hold them all back at one time? And then when you look at the bill. There's so many exceptions yeah. and ways yeah, there's, to there's promote ways them to through. Work but, through. But, but even if we do that in kindergarten, you're still going to create a logjam if they're you know they're retaining sixty percent of the kids across the state in kindergarten. Well, one thing there's about twenty seven amendments to that bill right now. Well, well if you if, but if you do the interventions there, you're not going to be retaining them. Maybe with the best it's, the best course would be let's don't start kids in kindergarten until they're six. And then they're seven when they get to first grade. Or, you know, do kindergarten twice, you know, do it with a yeah. different teacher. Yeah. 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 There, there's uh, – the, the log jam will work will, – will, again, with the interventions and the steps. In, you, know, you don't have to do as much when you do it that early. And, therefore, it'll – it'll even itself out but ultimately at the end of the day if parents will read to their kids when they're Amen. little yes get involved mom and dad this will this get number, involved this number will will rise dramatically i promise it, it will yeah get involved and please you, get involved then you can't have politicians say we put all this money and we don't see any results because that's going to be the crit the crux of the matter they got to want immediate results and they don't understand the educating process an immediate result would be parents reading to their kids with the fear that they could get held back in third grade and get on it from first, second, and um, and earlier, if possible. It's You can't do well, this without you parents. Start, you can't just say parents read their kids. You know, you got some parents working student jobs, some parents working shift work. It, it It's a whole process, Debbie. It's just not I know, easy. But argue for your to, limitations, to Jim, and sure enough, they're yours. Okay. Argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours. We've got to demand more. Take yeah. 10 minutes a day and read to your kid. Yeah, you, that's a nice cliche. That's a nice cliche. But it sounds like you're making excuses why it, sounds like you're making excuses why it can't happen. Jim, I've worked shift okay. work. Not, let's take, not, let's take a break and come back. Tell you the truth. When you, when you include all these parents, there's a problem. of today are among the most dependable and luxurious vehicles in America and Parks Motor Sales has them all. Find excellent deals on the Buick LaCrosse, Cascada, and Regal. Parks has SUVs, the Encore, Enclave, and Envision. Their exceptional staff can help you find your best fit with financing for your budget. For a vehicle that has everything, experience the new Buick. For a dealer that has everything, experience Parks Motor Sales. Visit 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795.
Three Dudes with a View, Thursday edition. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three, dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jimmy Ork. How are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. And regular special guest, dude, Debbie Matthews. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm loving the music today. All we right. talked about buttercups. Build and me up a buttercup. That's yes, right. Yes, sir. Those buttercups are blooming out there. Yes. Uh, folks, we're back. We're getting a good bit of comments from y'all on this um, third grade retention uh, plan for Tennessee that's supposed to be implemented this year for third graders who cannot perform on grade level, perhaps being detained for another year in third grade before advancing to fourth. Um, We're still getting some uh, and you can message us that I think people have got Clayton's number or my number or whatever. I don't know how people seem to find it. Well, they're on our website. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the uh, it, we, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also reach us on Twitter at, at WKOM, WKRM. And I believe this show is live on Twitter right it is. Now, with video. Yeah, yeah, it's live on Twitter and Facebook. So with, yeah. with video. With video, absolutely. And, and uh and it, it's it's archived there. Yeah, it's every yeah. You can go back and since we started on Twitter, uh, putting the video up, it's it's on several weeks are on there. Seems like last year, maybe it was Scott that came in front of the Republican Party and talked about tutoring opportunities for people that wanted to help tutor kids throughout Murray County to get up to reading level to help volunteer to do that. So we need to ask Scott about that if that's still out there. Um, but online, you know, um, I saw where a community would have children, elementary school age, go and sit in front of the dogs at the animal shelter and read to them through the, the crate and the cage. Oh, yeah. And uh, just that's a wonderful. Give them a goal. Give them a goal. Some, to read out loud, you know. Um, but, you know, what baffles me still is that. You know, we're we're getting, and, and I'm sure this person means well, and I and I don't really know. You know, text you don't know really what people mean, but uh, this person points out that we have schools in Murray County where perhaps 90 percent of the third graders would not be promoted if if you just went straight down the line on it. You know, no exceptions. Right. And the 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 message seems to suggest that. You know, we should just go back to socially promoting them uh, and and move on because this is an impossible task and too much disruption, that kind of thing. And I just don't – I mean, I don't know what to do about third-grade retention. It's, it's, I'm, I'm with Mr. York. I'm in favor of moving it on back into kindergarten. Third grade's probably just a little too late. But uh, – we're, well, it's a know, social the, the thing is there. the thing is if 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 we've got if we've got ninety percent of children in a given school not performing on grade level in third grade, you know if you're on the outside like me, something's got to be done about that you know i I live in this community, I'm a businessman in this community, we need an educated community uh if I'm a parent, you know. I can't imagine a parent saying, oh, well, well, I know that, you know, uh, uh, my child can't read and never will be able to read, but, you know, what the heck? I mean, but, but think about this, Dale. Okay. We are living in a society that has changed over the last 50 years. How kids learn and what takes place in the classroom has been modified by many, many good teachers. 
but we still, you know, we educate kids as if we've got stay-home moms and they can do the supplemental work when the kid comes home, and that's not the case. And I know there's a lot of mythology out there that has changed that uh, for teachers in the classroom, and they use a lot of different methods. But think of this. When a child goes to school, most of them have a cell phone. So don't tell me they can't learn. You know, you got kids before they go to school got cell phones. So we need to, there needs to be some adaption in, in, in how we instruct the education because the education system hasn't changed the way you know go to classroom sit down listen to instructions and, and and like i say some has been modified to be very interactive so that kids are stimulated that's the problem i think for most kids when they're not learning on level uh well mr york you're bringing up two different subjects and uh, I may agree with some of you on this and some of you I, I don't. Uh, first of all, cell phones, computers, that kind of thing. What I'm observing with my grandchildren uh, is that they, there's nothing like a book, an old-fashioned book. Uh, they, I can't tell you why, but they learn better and perform better when you put an old-fashioned book in front of them. Uh, it, it just... And I but know this sounds, environment, the environment in which they live. Well, I'm, I'm old-fashioned fuddy-duddy, but... Yeah, the, old, you, the old-fashioned grandfather likes the book. They probably see well, you reading the book. I think the kids in, they, they, they have incentives to read books, though. What's that? Uh, yeah, we, talk, we were talking yesterday. Uh, our, your, your granddaughter and my son have an opportunity to get a whole day out of school at Woodland Park if they read... Fifty books between now and May the first. Right. I mean, well, there's I'm, incentives. But Dale, look at your source of, of of occupation. You are a book person. You are always mm-hmm. dealing with re- reading material. So if your grandkids are observing that, yes, they might enjoy it also. Well, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I can't. I'm sure we'll see some studies here uh, in the next year. Those studies may have already been done. You know. Uh, learning to read with a, a real book versus learning to read on a computer screen or a cell phone screen of some type. Uh, I'll be interested to see those studies when they come out, but my observation is that there's nothing like a book. All right, second subject, though. You're talking about how our world has changed and parental involvement is uh, difficult sometimes, and, and um, you know, I, I think you're right about that. Uh now the extreme, though, is you know, we all keep hearing the tales about uh, the high schools around county, where you know you've got particularly young males. Just they're they're basically homeless. Uh, they don't have a, either parent doesn't doesn't care about them. On drugs, drunk, in jail, prison, uh, or just generally worthless. And uh, some of them have a grandmother somewhere to take care of, but they they just sort of migrate from, you know, friend's house to friend's house or whatever, wherever they can find a sofa. Uh, that's that's not good, and uh, nobody's probably doing any homework in that type of environment. Uh, and then you, you've also got Mr. York, just parents, you know, single parents or even Two, you know, even two parents where both of them got you know jobs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the time for parental involvement uh, that, that we might like to see in a perfect world 
uh, just really doesn't exist, and that's a problem too. Yeah, the problem is really complex. It's not you do this, you do that, and then we'll have success. The problem is really, really complex when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we make it over complex because it's it's <laughs> it, it, we do, Jim. It's no, you know it's no, about no. taking care of your kid. If you have a kid, make sure it's fed, it sleeps well, gets to school on time, dressed halfway decent, and that's as simple as it gets. And that just well, yeah, um, the basics. The basics. But, but, but that's be... why we got DS, DCS full of kids, Debbie. I understand, Jim. I understand. I understand. But um, we got to do something. We got to have the political. Will yeah, we got to do something, and we got to spend money to do it. No, well, we. Got to we that, I think that, we. That's that's well, we can. We can just to get people to be. One thing that's very free is for the the community to say our standards are going to be X, and we're going to get there, and have the political will to get there. You know, if we want to, politics never taught a kid nothing. I I agree, I agree, but um, I I think it's you know that it it seems like we're all agreed that it it would be a very good idea. to intervene early at the kindergarten level, perhaps uh, either repeat kindergarten or come in with additional uh, tutoring, summer school, teacher's aides, and to keep that up through first and second grade. And uh, that seems like a common sense solution. I don't see anybody in this room who's nodding their head no. Uh, and so kids are uh, so excited to learn yeah hopefully we can continue the conversation with our legislators to move forward with something like that uh, and uh, it, it just seems like a common sense approach to me and it also reflects uh, you know and not starting first graders and unless they're seven years old unless they're really you know testing in an, adva- an advanced way or something but even if they are t- testing in an advanced way, the ability to do the work it, in uh, in the in the is not the sole thing. Maturity is important too. So anyway, that needs to be looked at. I agree. But that certainly matches my experience with with my children and grandchildren. That uh, if you if you roll them out of kindergarten and first grade, uh, ready to roll, uh, then everything else is cruise control. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah, Mike, you got any disagreement with any of that? No disagreements on the philosophy and what you're talking about there. My, still, I'm concerned with, you know, what's going to happen in the gap between the time that those kids, those kindergartners, first, second, third, first, second graders, get to high school. There's a you've got, uh, you know, you've got four grades, five grades there that, okay, they're already behind. You know, we've got to do something with them. And, uh, again, are we patient enough as a society to, to let that improvement move forward? But in the meantime, what are we going to do with those kids that, that are behind right now? You know, I mean, again, my, does that mean we just keep no, doing the way things No, 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 no. And, I mean, and, again, I, but I'm just not hearing anything addressing those situations. I Again, I, I want to reiterate, I agree. Get started early. I, 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 I've been I've been on that on that boat, you know, since it launched. Long time. And, and, and in fact, I, probably before it launched, because I could see what was happening with my class. You know, the kids in my class. Uh, but uh, you know, right now, you know, one of the things that, that, that again, the high school teachers are, are worried about. 
um, you know, you made all these changes. Every every time, you know, a platform changes, a testing platform, an education, a curriculum platform, something like that. Science experience over decades has shown us that it takes three years, takes roughly three years for a teacher to become proficient in any kind of a major change, whether it's a testing format change uh, or something like that. You know, your first year you're kind of just wading in, hoping, you know, trying to figure out what you're doing. Second year you're working out the bugs. Third year you're, okay, you've got you got things figured out and you're ready to roll. You know, you, you can roll pretty well. The problem is in my last 10 years of teaching, we went through four different testing platforms and two of them didn't even operate correctly. Yeah, and yeah, nobody I, was trusting anything, and therefore the uh, the the confidence in what we were doing and 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 what we were being tested on not not, not so much what we were yeah, doing. I was confident what I was doing was was going to work, but I wasn't confident in the measuring stick that was being used that was evaluating me as a teacher. Uh, that was also evaluating my students as to where what they were learning, what they weren't learning. Uh, I, I, for, for the last, I would say eight years, I did not have any confidence in that programming or in that testing program that said, okay, this is what they're learning. This is what they're not learning. I could tell you, I like I said within six weeks, I could tell you which kids in my class were going to excel, which ones were going to struggle, which ones I, you know, were, were somewhere in between. Uh, but I didn't have any confidence in the testing program that was going to, uh, tell my principal or tell or tell the superintendent or tell the governor or whoever else about how i was doing right and, but mike you know what's gonna happen it's yeah, gonna that, wind up blaming the teacher oh yeah but <laughs> believe me That's what's gonna happen. believe me i know that <laughs> but, but now what, what coach mike's talking about now uh, you know is a problem there's no doubt about yeah. that it's a problem it's been discussed a whole lot uh here with us you know but now it's a separate problem that's going on in the middle and high schools and it's in my mind it's apart from you know what we it's 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 all related in the big picture but what we need to do about kindergarten and first grade that's one set of problems and then these set of problems we've got over there in middle school and high school are are another set of problems The, the, Uh, the main thing is we cannot delay we got to get. No, we, we got to do yeah. something now for everything. And know? there's a, you know, I mentioned it during one of our breaks. There was a very, very, very smart philosopher back in the 1830s that said every change, whether it's a good change or a bad change, every change creates a crisis. I learned that very. Yep. And that's very, you know we're just having to work through that right now. Any so what they're gonna wind up having to do, Mike, when you talk about those kids that didn't uh, get the intervention. There's going to have to be intervention throughout the education. Oh, yeah, summer school. Not just just in kindergarten or first grade or second grade. It's going to have to be throughout the entire... Oh, it's going to have to be all up and down the line, but... Let's let's take a break. Let's also support the teachers in that as well. Let's take a break. We'll be back. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.1 WKOM Columbia.
At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I received this beautiful ring, but it needs to be sized. Where should I go? Tillis Jewelry, of course. We will be happy to size your ring no matter where it was purchased. Each of our goldsmiths had over 30 years' experience. Tillis Jewelry's repair shop is in-store and always on time. Stop by and let us give you a free estimate today. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia and Lewisburg. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer, and Terry, registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Most chronic back problems are caused by compression from the disc becoming thinner and bulging as we get older. All we have to do is treat the disc by gently decompressing the spine. You may not have to rely on dangerous drugs, risky injections, and often unnecessary surgeries. If you are experiencing neck, back, hip, or leg pain, it's likely we can help you. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call me painfree.com or 615-551-9224. Kick off the new year with new home upgrades from Hiller. This month, when you buy something you need for your home, we'll give you something you want. For a limited time, when you purchase a new whole home generator, new tankless water heater, or select new HVAC systems, we'll give you a free 55-inch TV, free solo smokeless stove, or a free Nintendo Switch. Pick your prize when you upgrade essential systems for your home. Don't wait. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the happy face truck today. Crimson and white jerseys. Front court to the rack and the flood. The sound of a buzzer beater. Got it to go as the buzzer sounds. The roll tide chant from the crowd. Three. Count it. And he's fouled. It can only be Alabama basketball. Join the Alabama Crimson Tide right here. On your home for Alabama basketball. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for, together with the TSSAA, are the 109,000 high school sports students in Tennessee. And so we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials. We stand for the swimmers, football players, and wrestlers. We stand for the golfers, softball, and volleyball players. We stand as the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and all who participate in them and make them possible. Because it is our purpose to ensure that high school students get to play, perform, and compete together. To learn more about who we are and what we stand for, visit nfhs.org. That's just as 
how to draw a hard line When the gun smoke settles We'll sing a victory tune And we'll all meet back at the local saloon We'll raise up our glasses against evil forces Singing whiskey for my men Beer for my horses Okay, welcome back. Three Dudes with a View. This is our last uh, show of the week tomorrow morning, this time, this station, inside Middle Tennessee with Jim Ross. We'll be back with you on Monday morning to tell you. I don't know what we'll tell you on Monday morning. It's <laughs> a lot that could happen between yeah, now and then. And it always happens on Thursday evenings and Fridays when can't even talk about it the next day. Right. But I am dude number three, Delton Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? Doing well, Delton. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. I got one comment I need to ask Mike about. Okay. Hang on. Our dude, regular special guest, dude, Debbie Matthews. How are you? I'm fine as frog here. Good morning. And uh, Mike Lyles, who is on the board and a retired teacher. So, uh, morning, Mike. Good morning. All right. Go ahead, Mr. York. Mike, about this thing about education, my, my observation is that people that make decisions were not maybe the stellar students in, in education themselves when they were younger, and they reflect back on their experience, and then they make decisions, but they don't rely on the professional educators as much as they need to. Would you uh, talk about that? I, I wouldn't necessarily argue with that. Um, you know, the, the big concern I've got is the the people making a lot of the rules that we have to follow in the classroom haven't been in the classroom in a, in a long time. And, well, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. But, but they don't at, have at the same time, experience. yeah, the, the students, you know, a lot of times your students that struggled in high school and stuff like that are the ones that figured out how to work to do something, to, to accomplish something. Uh, and so I, I'm not necessarily worried about their their academic performances as, as as far as being decision makers down the road, as long as they've learned how to operate and you know learned how to do what they do. What I am concerned about is somebody that has spent 20 years doing everything else but education, and then they come in and then and try to tell me how to do what I do in the classroom and, and stuff like that. I've you know I had. I had a CPA try to tell me how to coach my football team one time. When I said something about trying to tell him how to run his office, he asked me what credentials I had for that. And I told him the same ones he had to tell me how to do my job. Yeah, I mean, you everybody, know, was, everybody's an expert. Oh, yeah. you know, And, and <laughs> as a coach, you, you figure that out. you got seven paid assistants, and you got 800 unpaid assistants <laughs> up in the bleachers. But... Yeah, and teachers have a lot of the same things. You know, they they, yeah. they have you know they they look at the results and and they they say, oh well, this could be done easily. This could be done easily. You know, one of the things I have a problem with. You know, they say, oh, run it like a business, and I say, yeah, okay, fine, let me run it like a business. <laughs> What's going to happen with those those people that aren't showing up to class, aren't doing their work, and you know they they're constantly turning their work on time stuff like that. if you do that at a business, guess what? You're fired. And they should be. You're out. Out of there. Okay, I can't do that in school. I understand that, and and I don't, and necessarily as a teacher, I don't necessarily want know, to do that in school. That that's don't. not my that's not my goal. I know, but at the same time, that's kind of how I'm being judged. And I'm saying that there should be more reliance on the professional educators yes. across the state to come up with with things that can work 
in all in, in, in most oh believe me all situations are not teachers try a lot in of stuff situations. yeah teachers try a lot of stuff and they talk to each other and when something works it gets spread around really fast you know mm-hmm. now the problem is is whether or not uh they're allowed to finish that you know and do that uh yeah because a lot of times they change programs in the middle of the stream sometimes oh yeah yeah you know again there's a three you know i was talking there's a three-year adjust- anytime you make a major change in in any kind of curriculum program testing program there's a three-year uh shift or there's a three-year adjustment to that and that, that's been proven over and over and over First year you're 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 implementing and you're trying to learn your way through. Second year you work out the bugs that you learned the first year. Third year you're pretty good at it. And then they change and, it. And then the, and the problem is they've changed us every year and a half. We're just in the process of working out the bugs and say, oh well, this isn't going to work. We're going to change to this format. And then they go go into a format that crashes. They go in to have to the test. Okay, here's the big test, stuff like that. It crashes on the first day. They come out on the news channel and say, well, because it crashed, nothing's going to count for the next, you know, no no test is going to count for the next two weeks. Oh, that's great. Okay, so every kid in the, every kid in the you know, area goes, oh, tests don't count? Fine. Guess what? I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to try. Then we come back in August for class, and we get we get notice that our school's been put on probation because we had such low test scores. Hold it. You said those didn't count. Well, they do count for us. But see, Mike, now you got teachers thing. that are really upset. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's another thing. We teach kids six weeks, nine weeks, whole year, and then we give them a test. What happens in the work world? We don't give an employee a test at the end of any period. We look at that employee's performance over a period of time. We call an employee in and say, okay, these are the things I see that you're doing well. These are the things I see that you're not doing so well. Let's work out a plan so you can improve those. So there's no end of the period test. We test too much. I yes, think. absolutely. I agree that we test too much. I also say we should not just get rid of testing. Okay, don't. But yes, I do agree with you that we test way too much, especially in the elementary grades. We test way too much. You know, we, we don't teach enough. We we te- we're we're constantly spending time testing, and evaluating, and uh, what are they mo- not monitoring? Uh, I've lost my term now. Uh, assessing. We're we're constantly doing that. Uh, my wife was a third grade teacher for years, and every. Th- every about every four or five weeks, they were doing some kind of reading assessment, math assessment, uh, social studies assessment. Then they had to go do what's called running records, and every student had to be individually tested to do these running records. And then she had to spend about 20 to 30 minutes per student writing up the report for that record. And it, it was just, and she saw, like, when am I supposed to teach? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, and, and I agree with the it, thing you're saying, complex. Coach Shelby. That's that's uh, and uh, and some of that has to do with uh, federal mandates as well, yes. which we've talked about on this show lately. Um, let's. Uh, I want to turn attention, you know, to Mr. what Miss York said a little while ago. You know, more money and uh, how long uh, should uh, if we provide more money to the public school system? How you know when should we expect results? And, uh, Ms. York, uh, you seem to suggest that it would be a very long time 
and I don't think the public's going to accept that. Uh, and and what uh, we've seen, you know, Debbie brought up yesterday. We've got uh, states, primarily democratically led states, blue states, fifty thousand dollars a student. Uh, yeah, they have been throwing money at their public school system for a long time, and they've achieved less results than we have. Uh, so that's that, that's just not even open for argument. The uh, but see, Del, the the problem is people don't understand the educational process. They think it's a single event. Okay, but they look at education as an event. It's not an event. It's a process. And it starts when a kid is born until a kid, a person dies. Okay, it's but an educational process. I, I that's I, I agree. But right now, what's getting ready to happen in Tennessee is that the legislature is about to uh, basically just provide the wish list to public schools across the state. Uh, now, they. I, I think the common concern, what I keep hearing, hearing people talk about is if in three or four years, uh, education doesn't improve substantially, then uh, uh, something's going to change. Now, That's a wish list. <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to, I think they're, they're about to get all the money they possibly want. And, but I'm uh, saying expecting things to change in three or four years, that's a wish list. <laughs> well, okay, let me make my next point, though. You know, the, this uh, this third-grade advancement bill, I think, was passed three years ago. And everybody, you know, who is in education should have known that it's coming. Uh, and uh, they did nothing until, you know, literally it's at our doorstep. Uh, talking about whether where it comes into effect this spring, and the subject is whether or not to promote third graders uh, this spring. And there's a, a howl coming from educational establishment across the state and from uh, from a lot of parents and teachers. Uh, and, you know, the argument could be, you know, you knew this was going to happen three years ago. Why didn't you say something about it then? Now, it's not been a secret that uh, in three to four years, with all this additional money, uh, the legislature and the governor intend to hold the educational establishment accountable uh you know it might be useful if uh if if the educational establishment can't get things improved in the next three four years with basically all the money they ask for uh they need to start telling us how and why right now not three and four years from now well it's he's gonna wind up you know they're gonna blame the district Teachers going to blame the districts. The districts going to blame the teachers, and teachers going to blame the students. It's just going to be a lot of blame going around instead of putting you know, practice you things know, that have to happen. I want to say that there's a Bible verse that says a man lives and dies by the words of his mouth. Okay, so let's not naysay it before it happens. Let's talk about what great results we're going to get, that we're daring greatly and we're going to try and we're going to make changes and it's going to affect as many kids as possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, but Debbie, all I'm saying is... We're, we're, no, I'm not talking about we're, you. We're, 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 about, we're about to say, okay, <clears throat> you said you need money. Yep, here you go. We're giving you money. and But we're in three to four years... We're going to hold you accountable for what you do with it, and if if and you I can't if that. you can't get results with that money, you tell us now why you can't exactly. get results. So maybe we can have a dialogue to fix that. 
But don't just take the money and then go, oh, we couldn't get it done in three or four well, years. That, but that's how most government entities work, right? I mean, most of them are a hot mess express in every way, whether it's it's highways, if it's, you know, government's wasting money all over the place and nobody's able to hold them accountable for results. So let's say let's do this and we'll hold them accountable. Everything is not broken in this country. I didn't say everything. everything, I didn't say that, Jim, but we're spending a lot of money and then it's like stop or we'll say stop again. I mean, this is where we are. It, It never gets fixed. We've got. But the problem we have not kept up with modern day education in Tennessee. That, that's the whole problem. We're behind starting off. And then we want good results when we haven't provided the necessary supplements and resources in the beginning. We we are ten years behind. The 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 if you look if you look at area schools across the country and the communities where they're really succeeding and put them right next to schools that are failing, that are getting the same amount of money, the difference comes back to the parents in those homes and fathers in those homes. There's a whole lot of social things that are going on. Money yeah, is not going to solve this. Money is not... Money, well, I tell you, I tell you, the Jewish community outside of Chicago is, they've got two parents in each house, and they're expecting their kids to perform, and they're present in their kids' lives, and those schools are performing off the charts and they're That's not the getting they're not giving Americans. they're not getting more money they have clarified purpose and they've gone after results and that is the key to everything so i'm just you know i throw money at stuff doesn't work you know it takes back we're about to exit but it takes me my thoughts as y'all are doing this is that you know the one time that it makes a difference K through three. Yes, uh, we we've got, you know, we we've got the we've got those children's attention, and they're in our schools at that level. If we can really do the right thing for them at that level.